welcome to the Meeple Syrup Show, designers discussing design. We're on episode 84, Throw the Rule Book at them. And we have a couple special guests with us, but before we get to them, you're stuck with us hosts, and uh, we're going to give you a little catch-up of what we've been up to in the last week. And I'm going to pass it first to Tiffany. Uh, how's your week been? What you been up to? Uh, week's been good so far. Um, we're just trying to get the house to a reasonable state for our house sitter before we leave for Europe. So, oh, right. yeah, because yeah, we leave really, 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 really early Friday. Friday, wow. Yeah, well, we're going to Amsterdam first because right. it's That's where Jay is right now. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's like almost our one year wedding anniversary. So, we decided. We're going to Europe anyway. We might as well like tack on a little vacation before. So sure. Yep. Yeah. Jay went um, with his wife Danny. They're expecting twins, as most of you guys know, in yeah. uh, February-ish. I don't know. I was I like, are they going care. there to have the twins? Because no, 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 no. They're, they're, they're going, going for her. I know, right? <laughs> no, they're going there before she can't fly. Uh, she yeah. loves to travel, and you know, once the twins come. Travel will be a little bit limited for a while until you know they're able to fly again. So yeah, yeah. they're going to Amsterdam and Belgium and stuff, and then Essen for a couple of days. Uh, he'll get to demo Rock Paper Wizard or yeah. Whiz Kids while he's there, and hopefully meet up with Britta from Hoosh. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, some other stuff. Uh, Daryl, what have you been up to? Have you been playing many games? Uh, I have been playing some games. Uh, I got to give a plug for Sagrada. It's the last week, and I just want to say you thank you. You don't really have to give a plug. I you think. don't. Well, it's so... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm very thankful for the... the Kickstarter the gave you a plug by themselves. So, I mean. Yeah, that's true. So I, I'm just happy with that. Been a, a really good week with that. Um, and just, yeah, playing some prototypes and... Um, I guess I I think I can, I can say this. I'm also I just got offered a job with IDW. So Oh, you just uh, said it, buddy. So Yeah, so I just said it. So. Too late now. So, yeah, so too late now. Uh, so I'll be working as a consultant for them with uh, design and development. So just just uh, gets to tell me what to do. Yeah, so just part-time. I'll get does to it, help improve the games. Does it mean you're coming to America more? I will be, yeah. I should be at shows and and the West Coast uh, a few times throughout the year. So, yeah, yeah. San Diego is totally close to Portland. It's just so like, totally. Right I'll just, just swing by. <laughs> well, right? I mean, if anything, there's a reason to go to San Diego, right? San Diego's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You can go visit. You can go visit. Um, I'll go visit. Some West Coast rivalry going there. Yeah, I sense. Well, it's a North South thing, right? It's it's a North South. It's it's like. Part of us love like the North people prefer no sun, right? We, just, we like trees. We like Tree, trees, trees and rain and snow. Right. And then in the South, they like sand and sun. It's true. <laughs> I, so, yeah. As as it gets colder and colder here in Canada, uh, sun sun sounds nice. Um, but uh, let's let's not worry about that yet. Let's worry about rule books because yeah, that's, that's what our our focus will be. Um, today we have two special guests. We have uh, Rodney Smith and Lance Mixer. Uh, if you don't know them, uh, <laughs> where have you been? <laughs> where have you been? Uh, but, or welcome but, to the hobby. Either but, way, yeah, right? <laughs> welcome to the hobby. But uh, if 
if you don't know, Rodney uh, has a fantastic video uh, series called Watch It Played where you can learn games through Rodney. And uh, so we thought he was a bit of an expert when it comes to rules. So we'll be chatting and asking questions about his experience with rule books. And also Lance uh, is with Tasty Minstrel Games and uh, has uh, been rocking the game scene. Uh, you, I'm sure you've seen Undead Viking reviews in the past if you have uh, haven't you should and just make sure you uh, bring popcorn because it'll be a, a longer video <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe if you watch my videos you realize that my last name is pronounced Mikester Mikester sorry Mikster. is it really well yeah, to, okay, be, cool. to be honest I'm gonna butcher your name no matter what because that's, <laughs> that's what I do so yeah. oh, uh, a good thing that rule books aren't written phonetically then I suppose yeah. <laughs> absolutely because I was so, gonna call you Mr. Mixelplex for the rest of the show but I guess oh, you would be, be the first person ever, <laughs> ever. to do that, too. I know, right? <laughs> it would be hilarious. So funny. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, l- let's get ourselves on topic here. First off, I just actually am just purely curious about this. So I'm going to start us off with uh, my selfish curiosity. I'm curious. I'm going to bounce this to both guests. We'll start with Rodney. But I'm curious, how many rule books do you think you read and go through in a year? Start with Rodney and go to Lance. Sure. Um, I don't know. I would guess it. I mean, at least a hundred uh, rule books. Um, it might be a little more than that. It's hard to say because some of the small rules, you know, like small rule books, two or three pages, you might whip through them really quickly, right? But I, I would say probably close to a hundred. Wow. And Lance? Yeah. Uh, more. Um, yeah, I mean, I oh, would actually, say, let me revise oh, my oh, number. <laughs> let me revise my number. Whatever he says. Uh, <laughs> Plus ten. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I mean, yeah, three, four hundred rule books, I suppose. I mean, at least just because um, a lot of times uh, I get submitted games for review, and I ask to read the rule book first, and then if I don't like the rules, I just say no, thank you. So that's a way for me to cut down on the number of stuff, the amount of stuff that I get. So. I I know I, I just I, I don't know I just I'm always on the couch reading rule books and uh, either on my phone or on my iPad or in paper. My wife thinks that's all I read, which is pretty much all I read. So I was gonna say like <laughs> it sounds like those are your novels essentially. Yeah, basically well, that's, that's what I always say too. People say, "What book you're reading lately?" A rule book. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty much what I'm reading. Blood rage. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lance, speaking of reading a bunch of rule books, you said if you didn't like the rules, you send them back. Are you talking about like you didn't like the rules? in terms of like they were poorly written or you didn't like the rules in regards to how the game played or is it like uh, well i mean if, if if it's a bad rule book when i can notice like without even having because i get the rules uh usually for the kickstarter stuff i get it before i even get a prototype so when i get that um if i'm reading the rules and i can see there's really obvious gaps like where they're just not really explaining things really well i can tell that probably the games might be a little bit of wreck and needs a little bit of a polish and i'm not gonna spend my time fighting my way through that unless it's really something that sounds interesting like the theme or or just up there's a you know moment there that i'm really excited about it but uh most of the time if it's something where i'm reading the rules also and i just realize that this doesn't sound like fun um then i'll just say you know hey offer to somebody else because i'm not going to want to do this one just because i i i won't I don't like doing video negative videos. I haven't done one for a long time. It's just it takes too much time to make a video. Why would I do about something that I hate? So mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, you know, say like save you the trouble of sending me a prototype and save me the trouble of having to resend a prototype, and then uh, and we can just move forward. 
Those are good points. Rodney, first question. Do you have the same headphones that I do? They look the same. <laughs> I think we might. Huh? huh? Oh, oh, we're headphone buddies. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, now I feel left out. You I'm should. getting all the softball questions. This is great. <laughs> okay, hardball question for you, Rodney. Rodney. Ooh, all right. Um, so we're going to start it off. I know, you know, Lance was saying, you know, he doesn't like negative things, but hmm. let's let's look at that first. Let's analyze okay. rule books from a negative perspective. What instantly, instantly twinges you? That little radar that goes off in your head said, "This is not a good rule book." What is that? This is going to be very surface level. Uh, it's more that's indicative of future problems. Is if I just see simple grammatical errors and spelling things, just like a word is missing, uh, and it has nothing to do with my understanding of the comprehension of the rules. So maybe I can still figure out what they're trying to say. But the the problem with that is it just starts me down this road of how confident am I in this person's. Uh, composition of all their sentences after this point because sometimes that inclusion of a word or a different word can make quite a difference um like i, I ran to one actually recently this morning i was learning holmes uh sherlock and mycroft and i'm going to take a little crack at this rule book with my example here but uh that's not an, uh i'm enjoying the game playing it but like one of the one of the things in the rules here is it talks about at the end uh of around you check to see if any um any of the characters are exhausted and then it says unexhaust any of the exhausted characters. What they mean is unexhaust any of the exhausted characters from the previous round, but they don't say that. So it sounds like it's saying exhaust them and unexhaust them, which would be pointless. So when I come across something, it just makes me go, if I come across another sentence in the rule book where maybe the word is a little iffy, I start to go like, I think I know what they mean, but now I'm not really sure I do anymore. Um, so I think, I think things like that. Uh, also, you know, in, in this particular case, it was it was uh, designers who are not native English, I don't believe. That's right, also right. something else that triggers. And then yep. uh, usually what happens, unfortunately, is they get someone to who's bilingual to translate the rules, and then they don't pass it to someone who's native English to then give it another pass. Yep. Uh, and sometimes that'll also raise a, a flag. Mm -hmm. Very good point. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, well, so then, Lance, uh, what, what do you think makes a good rule book what are some of the rules that you see in a rule book that you would like to see in all rule books is there are there certain tips that you would uh give that is kind of like the lance approved structure for a rule book <laughs> um that's all uh, we need is a lance approved structure That'd be well i mean and this and a lot of these things happen i mean mo most polished uh, rules. I mean, like I said, once again, uh, I deal mostly, unless I'm playing a game just because I got to have fun. If I'm doing a, a review, I deal mostly with prototypes. So the rules I get, you know, some are better, some are just typed out, some are, you know, like actually with diagrams or whatever. But I mean, my big thing for any game is there should be like a two-page spread of the setup with, with the A and the B. And so like it has listing of everything because you know, it, it sounds silly and it sounds normal. And it's like, yeah, you could dumb it out with, with like, especially if you don't even have a board, if it's just like a game with cards and they're like talking, okay, now place the unit cards in the top left and place, you know, it's like, put, give me a picture of that. You know, give me a picture of that where I can look and I can look at the backs of my cards. I can match them up with the backs of the cards that are on there. And then I know that after I get it set up or reading the rules and I'm looking at that, then I can actually tell, all right, I'm good to go. I have everything set up correctly. And the other big thing is, is that I've always said, you know, like, and, and cause I, I, my job before I worked in the industry, um, I did a lot of, uh, I, I did a lot of technical writing and I did a lot of, um, explanation writing. And one of the things that they taught us there was like, um, you know, you, you have to go to your least common denominator. You can't just 
assume people are going to understand what terminology means. Like when you say exhaust, unexhaust, you can't assume that. You can't like so. Um, yes, it gets boring to read, you know, explanations of everything. But I mean, when it says, you know, like you have to have just delineate out everything. You can't assume things. And so when I read rules that or start having assumptions about about what you are your actions are available what you can do and yeah you can probably suss it out like rodney said i mean if you play a ton of games you can usually sit there and look at it and well i they probably mean this but i shouldn't have to say probably i shouldn't say you're probably doing this i should say oh it tells me exactly what i'm supposed to do right here and you know and i understand like i said when i was a technical writer that is really boring to write all that out but you know that's your job when you're making a rule book Whoops, I was muted. <laughs> Sorry, it's trash day. Steve's rolling the cans out, which are right below this window. Um, that sounds totally like a euphemism. That so sounds like a euphemism, Tiff. Taking the trash out. <laughs> that, you know, that, that actually on that Seinfeld episode, that was a euphemism. For... Oh, that's probably why I think that. Oh, we're yeah. showing our age, Lance. We're showing our age. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys should be discussing friends. Be young, be hip. Um, <laughs> Rodney. Seinfeld's so much better. Uh oh, oh, we're gonna go there anyway. Um, Rodney, <laughs> what what about you? I mean, I mean, there are a lot of things that people include in rule books, and while setup is super awesome, what is the most important key part of a rule book? You mentioned terminology, but like feature wise, yeah. I, I, geez, so many things are coming to my mind here, and Lance had hit on a couple of really good ones there. I mean, I just want to say one thing about what Lance said. Like that setup is so important because. Uh, there's no context without that. Uh, like the person who designed the game knows what all the cards are and what they are. So, but unless you define that for someone else, I'm just reading text on a page. It means nothing to me until I can sort of visualize it. Or maybe I have the components in front of me, but then I need to make attachments to what you're saying and what these things are in front of me. I mean, games are just a box of inanimate objects and... <laughs> Those boring rules are what bring them to life, right? You have to understand how everything works. So the rule book is so important in that way. I think one of the things that uh, I would say is really important is to recognize that your rule book is going to be a reference as well as a rule book. Like, it's fine. I'm going to read it. I'm probably going to read a rule book once. In my case, maybe twice. But most people are going to read it once or twice. And then after that, they're just going to be looking for rules quickly, trying to find that thing they forgot because they haven't had the game off the shelf in the last couple of years. So I love when rule books like here's Castles of Burgundy. I love when they have a little breakout uh, column here that just summarizes exactly what they've gone to detail here. It makes it faster to find the detail. It also just jogs my memory again. But a big thing uh, beyond that, I would just say, is you've got to uh, know in advance what the flow of the presentation is going to be. And that, I think, should typically be components, uh, the uh, objective, uh, the typical flow of a round. A round is this. It's five phases. The phases are broken into three steps. You're going to follow those through, that sort of thing. And then you detail what each of those things are in the, in the rest of the rule book. Um, I think that's kind of a general. If you start kind of with that framework, you're probably not going to be too far off. Um, in general, there's so many things in the details there that matter, but uh, I think in a general sense, that's kind of the flow you want to see usually. It's really interesting that you pointed to um, that particular rule book. So uh, if you know the history of Aaliyah, Aaliyah is owned by Ravensburger. Ravensburger makes kids games and puzzles and things like that. And so they've come from a very um, teaching games to kids orientation and then brought that into more family games and, and adult games. Um, not adult games, those are different. Uh, and so they have all those 
structures in place in terms yes. of how they get the rules across, which are wonderful. We have a question that I'm going to pose to Lance now because you were talking about diagrams and Ron, you were as well. Um, but Tunes asks, are diagrams required, generally speaking, or preferred only when necessary? Um, a lot of times as designers, we get constrained by the space we have in the rules. So would you rather see diagrams, no diagrams, a mix? What works for you best, Lance? Mm. Oh, man. I mean, it's just I feel like I'm playing scruples and I'm saying it depends. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> which is the biggest cheap answer in that game ever of all time. And now, once yeah. again, showing my age. Don't, um, use, but, don't use those cards. Take them out. Yeah. No, uh, uh, the like diagrams really help um, to save space in rule books. So like when you have um, like interchanging parts as far as like workers moving to certain spots, then you have to remove this and move it over to there and stuff like that. And then like they show two or three different options and you can visualize it. I like that. But when you're, I mean, sometimes you can just, um, you can get inundated with pictures once again, and not to talk about my old job, but one of the things was they said, you know, um, there was, there's that weird just enough moment with pictures where, where it's just like you aren't, if, if too many and people are just scrolling through and they're not really paying any attention. And I mean, you have to make people read, you know, so they, that's one of the things they talked about was like when you, when you're writing like a 75 step um, like procedure that they have to follow to do something. Like if you, if it's a bunch of text, people are just going to zone out. But if you, if you include a picture, so like it's something, it was some weird, weird, like every three and a half minutes, there was a picture that they could look at or something like that. It, it, it kept people focused and then they actually learned the whole thing. And so it's, it's a need thing, but also I think it, it helps to have them as Rodney said earlier, like when you, you've played the game three times, but it's been sitting on your shelf for nine months you know, snag it, pull it down, and finding the picture to, like, find the, the part of the round or part of the phase lets you zero in on that rule as well. And and that's one of the big things about rule books is, like, you know, finding that one annoying rule. That's, like, the big thing where I think a lot of people have a problem with. It's like, I know we were supposed to do something extra here. And then you have and, – and, you know, and this is the thing, too. You can always tell when a game – and I don't know if you guys noticed this stuff. But you can always tell when a game has that one annoying rule or those two little things that are hidden somewhere in, in by the rule book, because the rule books is all folded and bent and creased. Like some rule books will maintain that pristine look over, over like, you know, multiple plays. Cause they just, but there's those ones that they, they, every, everything. Cause like people are holding it like this and they're looking at the board and they're like, they're folding it back and you can just tell that's, and that's you bring okay. some of those little like three M little post-it things that you stick. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, but then did you know, then that's the game that, has you know that one going rule you know like my madeira rule book is just beat to hell you know just like wait a minute hold on pirate phase pirate phase hold on we're doing something wrong i know we are nice awesome well um just a little plug uh anyone who is available to watch uh live we have some fantastic conversation going on on the youtube channel and we try to include some of those questions so i actually have a question from uh odd hack welder my brother from another mother uh, and he uh, asked, uh, this one's for Rodney, do you play all the variants in a rule book and do a bunch of variants scare you off or make you more interested in the game? Uh, okay, now I'll pull a Lancer and go. kind of depends. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't like to see a lot of variants, honestly. I, I'd prefer to see maybe one or two curated. These are like some ones that have really landed with people maybe presented to me. I don't typically play variants, though. Uh, I'll play a game, and if I like how it plays, I'll probably want to keep playing it a bunch of times 
just as the base game and then maybe I'll dance into the variant if something's boring me. But sometimes it, it makes me feel a little bit like the, like maybe the designer just had too many ideas and wasn't sure which, which ones were the best and sort of threw it all out there. I mean, you can see it as, hey, I'm offering you all these options. Isn't that a good thing, right? Like 504. <laughs> so a whole bunch of options. <laughs> the whole game is a variant. That's not all it is. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I have to admit, I think it's maybe also just my temperament as a gamer. So that might, this might not really apply generally to everyone. I just, I'm a cult of a new player. I play lots of new games. So I kind of, I'm going to be playing uh, maybe two or three times before I'm putting the game down and grabbing something else to play, right? So uh, when I go back to revisit, I'm just going to probably look at it again from the base game. That's Makes me anyway. sense. What about, um, instead of variants, what about uh, special rules when it comes to player counts, like solo play or two-player? Does that yeah. change things for you? Not, again, like I, I'm, I don't typically play solo, so that's not going to interest me. Like in my instructional videos particularly, I don't tend to cover the solo rules, for example. Um, I usually hopefully feel like the content is giving you enough that you can read that one pager to figure out the solo part. But um, for me, it's not an interest. Uh, and if I think the game is more ideal at a higher play count, like Seven Wonders, the original Seven Wonders, I never played that two-player. Um, I've heard some people who really enjoy it, but to me, it just didn't seem like that would be my ideal play experience for it. So I just never even tried it. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've got, there's some amazing discussion happening in the chat. So if you are watching live, I just want to say again, you should jump in the YouTube chat because it's super solid. Um, got some great designers debating their own skills at writing rule books right now. But uh, <laughs> some more questions coming in that are just too good for me to pass up. Madbono1, uh, Lance, this one's going to go to you. She wants to know, or so she says, many miniature games come with a rule book and then a separate rule book with advanced rules references. And I know Agricola does this as well. Uh, Lance, do you feel that this is important for such games? Um, would other games benefit it from it? Like, should more Euros jump into that format? What do you think? No, no. I, I mean, miniatures games, um, I, yeah, like you said, Agricola, and I think, did, didn't, like, at least one of the versions of Through the Ages do the same thing as well? I think they're, like, just the more complex ones. I mean, when you get into, like, the really heavy stuff, I mean, you know, and, and I, I'm going to say one other thing here really quickly, but um, miniatures games, I think it's just because you have all of that data you know because you know all of the little miniatures have their own different uh, you know statistics and they also have like the different keywords and everything like that i mean i do like that i like any game that has like anything with keywords like deck builders and things like that i love summaries of that stuff so that that's an easy uh you know location you mentioned there's a bunch of people like you said people talking about uh like their abilities at writing rules um look at uh like if you want like a heavy, heavy euro, like dominant species, that rule book is like the best rule book of all time. If you, if you want to learn how to like write an amazing rule book, go look at that one. And then the follow-up game from the same designer, Urban Sprawl, did the same exact job with like those. That's like for me, that's like the top end of rule books. It's like you could, re, you know, and you, then you realize how how complex a game like Dominant Species is, but they actually make it make it to dumb it down. To like to the point where you you know it like after one round it's crazy but anyway yeah. can i Roddy, talk about I this see, yeah i see you itching. <laughs> so i'm holding here the two mansions of madness rule books because ffg has started doing this dual rule book thing and uh, people have probably heard, heard me talk about this sometimes in the past i'm not a huge fan of it 
uh, again, I have to I have to admit I approach these differently because oftentimes when I'm learning uh, rules to a game. I'm thinking about featuring it on the channel, right? So it's it's not enough for me to know this. I then definitely have to read all of this as well to make sure everything I need to know is is covered. And what FFG is doing here is admirable in one sense because I think what they're trying to do is try to say, okay, you've just bought a game, you want to sit down and play, and we're going to give you what you need to feel like you know enough to get started. We're going to give you this, the, a feeling of com a competence and confidence even to start playing, right? And then if you have any questions, just you know, look up in here uh, what you need to know. The, the biggest problem I have with this splitting of the rules uh, is that oftentimes there are things in this rules reference that you don't even know to go look up. Like if you've read the rules for movement, let's say you can move two spaces, you don't think... Oh, the, the rules about the rest of the rules about movement in here, I might actually need to know. Like, for example, you can split that movement up and do an action in the middle of your movement. That's not, it's spelled in here, but it's in here. And a lot of people that I've talked to don't know that because they don't bother to read this thing. <laughs> they they, they, they want to get playing their game, right? Um, and so, and, and you don't necessarily know to go looking for a rule if you don't know it exists in the first place, right? And, and in my experience, most of the times, it's like there's maybe like 15 things in here that if you just add them, it would add maybe, what, two pages to this rule book, and then we're, we're golden. The other thing is, this reads like a, a nice book. There's pictures, there's images, and all the rest of it, whereas this reads like a telephone book, and it's brutal. <laughs> like if you're just trying to read it to learn everything. Because I'm the kind, also the kind of person, when I sit down to play a game, I don't want to spend half the game, oh, hold on a second, I'll look it up. I want to feel like I'm going to be able to answer everyone's questions so we can just keep playing the game and not be stopping to look up rules. I, but at, at the same time, I do want to say, like, I think what they're trying to do here is, is noble in one sense. Like, again, they're trying to get you playing quickly. I'm just not sure I'm a huge fan of it, uh, personally, just because of the way I like to learn games, which is pretty comprehensively before I even start playing. Okay, interesting. And you know what else is interesting? That uh, while you're talking, Lance is retweeting everything. So we know that <laughs> we know that he's active on Twitter. Uh, uh, yes. Technology. We have a question um, about use of technology for rules. So there's a couple. Uh, I'm going to start with Eric Eden. Eric Eden questions this: During play, Rodney, would an app integration for reminders of upkeep, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, steps, you know, turn and recurring rules be better than memorizing them or continually looking back in the rule book? What do you think? App integration for rules, Rodney. Okay. Uh, yeah, so no. Uh, I think the thing is, the problem with an app is ultimately you can only get so much on the screen. So what if the little piece I need a reminder of isn't on here? So like the, the nice thing I about player aids, and player aids should always come with games, is that if there's two or three different cards, I can pull up, okay, now here's the rounds, or here's all the different actions, or here's what the symbols mean, and I can just kind of quickly eyeball it. In an app, now I'm pushing buttons, tapping, swiping, whatever, trying to get to the thing I'm looking up. I remember, um, what are some games that have app integration? Uh, well, XCOM is one. I remember when they did that one, it... It didn't, it didn't have, come with rules. Right, yeah, Lance. Right. Exactly. There you go. And what it, every, and it was so funny because I think they did present it as like, this is going to be helpful. There's like two pages included in the box and everything else you can learn from the app. And the app does walk you through how to play pretty well. But again, we've got that problem of when I'm done playing and I'm trying to remember later, do I have to go through the entire tutorial again? Which, what am I looking up? Now I'm looking up in this app, trying to find the link to go to to take me to the thing I want to know about. It's... It did seem lazy to me that they just didn't print off the rules and put them in, honestly. And later, and later Lance, they did end up uh, creating a full PDF rulebook that you could download. Yeah, so, and, and that's and then it's just like, why not 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it saved him seven cents per copy of the game or something <laughs> like that, and yeah. and some bean counter there. So, so if we make seventy thousand <laughs> copies of it, that'll make us, you know, you know. So, you know, I mean, good for you. But yeah, I remember that when I opened up XCOM, I was like, two pages of rules. How is this even possible? And, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That, that ended up being one of my favorite games that year. So, and yeah. I, I hated myself for liking it. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not against people trying things either. Like, good to try it and have that as a test case, and maybe it can be improved, or maybe we can learn never to do that again. Uh, whatever the case may be. Eric is just clarifying online that he meant to say, or not meant to say, or maybe I misinterpreted it, uh, that the app would know about your current position in the game, and then and the time that you're playing in the game, like stepwise, and then indicate you know what you're to do next and what you're to do next. So you. Yeah. The I, I think if you had someone dedicated to managing the app or like, are, are we having to stop and constantly tell the app what we're doing so we can know how to remind us? I guess it depends on how married the app is to the game. Like Imagine's of Madness, it's great because you're using the map every step, or sorry, the app every step of the way. So it would know where you're at in, in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it could work, but again, like, okay, a publisher now has to invest quite a bit of money, I think, in in creating this kind of technology to go along with the gameplay and assuming they are also going to include a rule book, now they're like d doing double duty. Ugh, scary. Absolutely. So <laughs> I mean, going, going back to Lance then, uh, what, what do you, I mean, clearly the, the two pager in XCOM was, was too brief, but also uh, people are always trying to, you know, make their, their rule book small. Um, talk Why? to us. A, well, this, this is a, this is a question for that I want to throw your way is what what is an appropriate length rule book in your opinion for a game like should be should people be giving like tons and tons of illustrations should we what what sections should be extra should there be FAQs should there Lance, be... I want exact page count yeah, yeah. Exact yeah. Page well, count. all together <laughs> now it depends no, yeah. um, <laughs> no I, I, I am going to call that my lancer from now yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I, to that I mean, there's, no. I mean, like, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, like, you know, certain, I will say, I mean, like, when I open up, um, like, I get, okay, I got the rule book, and I got, and then when it feels thick, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have that little, like, oh, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to have, I'm, you know, it's frowny face, you know, just like, this is going to take a little bit of time, you know, and, but I mean, like, um, Yokohama, you know, which uh, fairly successful Kickstarter from Taste Games. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Yeah, wins it in my mailbox. That's what I want. Yeah. Uh, I kickstarted that. Actually, yeah. hold on, hold on. I can actually tell you what 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 spot we're in right now. We're actually um, deciding how many more copies we're, of the deluxe version we're going to print off right now. Good, because I got one of those. Yeah. No, just just for the. Um, uh, all right. Well, yeah, we are we are like we are. Yeah, it looks like we're going to go in production probably in the next month or so. So. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, then the slow boat and yada, yada, yada. But anyway, um, no, uh, it, it, Yokohama, like, wasn't a really big rule book. But, but then again, I, I didn't feel like the game was super complex either. But then again, I've had a lot of people tell me that they thought that game was super complex. So, I mean, it's, it, I think it really depends on the, on, on the person and, and, and the game. But, you know, I, once you get more than, like, that, that 12 to 14 pages, you know, I started looking at the rule book like, uh, am I gonna like spend like is this the, is this a game that I I have to spend like three hours before my friends get here, the reading it and figuring out how to play or yeah because I am the worst I am the person that you know, like like literally waits until my friends get to the house literally then we crack open the shrank and start <laughs> punching oh, it you and do everything me. 
I know. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst. I am the absolute worst. And, and but you really, really are. And and then we and then we just suss out the rules together. But like I said, I'm blessed with um, a gaming group that I've been playing these board games with since I was like eight years old. And and I mean and, and it it just it's a way that like all of us suss out the rules pretty well together. And and they're all like hard hardcore tabletop gamers. So um, you know it's it's just kind of one of the things that we do. And if I did it like myself. And told them this is how it plays. They would then just accuse me of like forgetting <laughs> a very important rule. Oh yeah, by the way, you can do this. Oh, I, and, I always and, get that. And, and let me. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna cash in right now for another seven seventy-eight points. So, but you can do that. You could have done that as well two turns ago. But always moving forward, and I win. So, but yeah. So I, I, there's a there's a level of distrust there as well. So. <laughs> Speaking of distrust, Zena is. I don't know if you guys can hear Zena. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, she's a sad puppy. Um, she's even sadder because her friends are like sleeping in the living room. They're not going to be sleeping for much longer. Uh, anyway, Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I there is a question, and I I'm just going to pose it to you so the question gets asked. But sure, I think we all know the answer here. Really, I mean, it's pretty obvious. But um, do you get pissed when you open a game and it tells you to find the rules online? Like, go to a website and watch yeah, a video about. <laughs> I don't know if it's pointing me to, to a video. It's brilliant. That's genius. What <laughs> <laughs> if it's pointing to your video? Oh, yeah. even better. Oh, yeah. Wow. Have that's, you ever had amazing. to watch one of your videos to to like learn the rules? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I definitely do. I, if if it's a game I haven't pulled off the shelf, I'll watch it at two times speed and just kind of get myself brushed up on it. Because again, like if you don't play a game, like if you're only playing it once every three or four months, you're gonna forget something, right? And so that's a good way just to sort of brush up on it. Yeah. I, I want. Listen, I want the rules in the box for sure. Even in like, you know, if I advocate for myself here a little bit, I like, uh, you know, the option is going to watch a video because a video is everything demonstrated. Nothing's abstracted. You're seeing the components exactly being used exactly the way they're going to be put on the table and so on. But at the same time, if you have a question, you need that rule book to go back to. You don't want to watch my whole video again just to find that one thing you don't understand, right? So um, they, they both need to be in the box for sure. Yeah. Do you, and I want to actually talk a little bit about your origin story of your channel because right. well, I remember he's part of the planet Krypton. <laughs> <laughs> he was is sent here S, in a shuttle. Is he S in my hair down that. here? <laughs> I <might have> <laughs> <it up>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember, I forget what interview it was, and I'm sure you've, you've mentioned this on several interviews, but you started your channel because you wanted there to be a video resource for right. learning games. Sure, so, yeah. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit more. For those of those viewers that don't know. Yeah, well, like Lance, I'm always reading a rule book. I love rule books. I don't know why. I don't know if I've always just enjoyed... Uh, it kind of goes back to what I said before. I got this box of cardboard and plastic, but once I read these rules, now it's going to be like soldiers on a battlefield or it's going to be like, you know, we're trading in the Mediterranean or whatever the thing is, right? And so I've always enjoyed kind of figuring out what is the designer intending, what are we trying to do here, and so on. Uh, but that was one of the things uh, back in 2011 or whatever when I first started, there wasn't really a lot of people teaching the games. And I know for myself, it was sometimes a struggle too. I'd read the rule book and still not understand it completely. So it just, it just sort of made sense to me. Oh, maybe I can teach uh, a game on video like so many other things are on video being taught and uh, maybe that'll be useful to people. And it's, um, yeah, it did seem to land. People did seem to find that helpful. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, and also by playing the games as well, it kind of helps then really connect the dots because then you can really see 
players making decisions and how things work together in a more practical way too, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna point that out. Your videos, you do this great one-two combo where you teach them and then you do a playthrough um, right. to help them really tie it all together, which I think is awesome. So cool. basically, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. It's funny. It's funny. Tiffany mentions this because I remember I was having trouble. Uh, I hadn't learned Zolkin yet, and you invited me to join you in a Google Hangout, and you and Steve taught me how to play it. It was like watching it played. Basically, it was great. <laughs> yeah. And then we played it. So it was yeah, we did. We played Tzolkin, uh remote, so you can play Tzolkin. And you, I don't know if it wasn't on an online board game. No, no, we thing. had it set up physically. No, I know, but I don't know if we did that because I think you were like really insistent oh. that you had to play with your physical copy. Oh yeah, that's because this was back in the day when I was I had you know the ten by ten challenges and some of these different challenges people have online to play to their collection or a certain number of games. I made a challenge to myself: I will play every game in my collection, and any game I don't play. I'm going to get rid of, I'm going to pass off to somebody. So I was in a panic at the end there. Just, so I needed to physically play my copy. Yeah. So thank you. It's still in my You're collection welcome. because of that. Hey, Lance. Yes. When you, when you teach a game, do you just read the rules, like verbatim out to people? No. As long as, if I know it, I don't. Um, I mean, like, like when I, I like last year at, uh, was it last year at BGGCon or the year before BGGCon? I don't know. Anyway, um, but like I, I knew how to play Blood Rage, and that was like a big game that everybody had at the hot games table, and they almost always had that peg out that said, you know, teacher wanted. So I just right. walked over, and I was able to tell them exactly how to play. You know, I would like to think, you know, verbatim, you know, so uh, you know, and and tell them. I mean, and and I didn't look at the rules, but obviously, if if it's something where I don't know the rules, then yeah, I mean, then I have to bust them out and remind them. But man, it's it's weird. It's like if if you play, I mean, I don't know how many games Rodney thinks he's played, and I mean, but you know, and and every once in a while I try to figure it out. But I mean, you know, it's 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 well over a thousand at this point. I mean, it's it, it's it's a ridiculous amount. So it's one of those things where. Even if I have like kind of a weird bare bones idea or, or like of some worker placement game that I haven't played in a year, I usually can just by looking at it, like I don't know if it's muscle memory or what, I can just kind of remember how everything goes. Now, do I remember exactly how many of units of whatever I put on each little spot for setup? No, the setup part of a rule book, I almost always have to, you know, refresh myself on to let, remind myself, okay, put, you know, seven pieces of ore here, put, you know, four pieces of iron here, you know, move this cube there, you know, okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, I think it's just, if, you, if it's something you do a lot of, it's just like anything else. You just, you just kind of retain that knowledge like a camel. The graphic design of a game is so integral to all that, right? Because if, if the rules are relatively clear, the graphic design can guide you in a big way, again, with visual reminders on the board, on the cards, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think game designers who are you know, thinking about their rule book should also be thinking about how can my graphic design facilitate the memory of that rule book later. Perfect. Oh, good stuff. We're, we got to get into that. But first, before we get into more details about graphic design and layout and all that, I, I want to ask Rodney a little bit about kind of the voice or language of rule books. You know, uh, should people be doing it with technical in mind or with teaching a game in mind? Should they be doing it first person, third person? You know, things like that. What do you find are effective ways for rule books? What's your preference? And then what, what do you think people need to avoid? Uh, I, this is tricky. Uh, it, needs, it needs to be technically sound, but presented in a casual way. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> um, again, I don't want to be reading an encyclopedia, right? I, I, I need it to be a little more narrative. I, I need to see how the different mechanisms link together. Again, I would almost say narratively, because again, it's going to help my memory. Oh yeah, that's why I do this and then this and then this. Uh, I think the language though is an important factor. Um, I like uh, action-oriented kind of language. You do this. Uh, Sometimes you do have to refer to multiple players, so then it might be they. I definitely recommend don't use specific pronouns. Like I, I try to be gender neutral myself in my video content. It's a lot of they and there and you and so on. And I think that's that's helpful too because you don't know who your reader is. And I don't I don't want someone when I'm reading a rule book to feel excluded or or whatever. And same with watching a video. I, I don't want someone to feel like I'm not speaking to them. And uh, and pronouns can can do that. They have that kind of habit. Um, what else? Um, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Those, are, those would be my kind of my quick thoughts on the language around it. It's difficult though, like I said, because you do need that technical precision. I want to know exactly, again, like if it means flip the one from the previous round, you need to put previous in there, right? Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, along with that technical precision, I want to feel like I'm not just reading an encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, that's why I hate war games. Like war game rule books are the worst. It's like 3.6.7a, this and then refer to oh here let's talk about that for a second i don't want to be i don't want to be reading a choose your own adventure book i don't want to be reading your rules <laughs> and then awesome. as you introduce they are awesome but not as a rule book i don't want to be told oh this thing that i just mentioned is over on page 13. you might have to do that occasionally i've learned that over time sometimes you can't get around that but then when i go to page 13 i don't want to be a page 13 <laughs> hearing i have to now go to page 7 for something else and then you know what i mean so and you can solve a lot of that if you again think about the flow of what you're presenting and then try to get that information kind of more sequentially in there rather than all over the place yeah to and respond we, oh i'm sorry go ahead tiffany no 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 go ahead well no just the, the whole thing about the war, uh the, the war game rule book well okay so this is this is definitely a a know your audience type of thing if, if you were a casual euro game player or something like that and you were diving into a, a war game it, it's it's going to feel like culture shock but as somebody who plays war games uh, and understand and, and has knows of a, a war game like group, they ad they adore that type of rule book. I mean, it's 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 because they just they, don't know any better. Well, <laughs> in actuality, I mean, like I mean, the, the whole stereo instructions like way of teaching you how to do it. You know, like yes, I mean, it looks like something about how to change the you know, manual transmission in an '82 Toyota, but I mean, it is something where like you know exactly the rule for the Prussian guard is rule is under rule 8-8.2. Ah, but, but what if they're in Poland? Oh, well, 8.2.3 says that this is the, the, how it affects. And it does make it way easier to find what you're looking for if that is the type of game. And so I think that just kind of feeds into, like, I'd ask, you know, it's like, or certain games just demand certain type of rule books and, and, and also certain audiences as well. And, and, and I think, um, you know, there's, I think it's very good that, that the people out there that are writing this, you know, kind of know their audience in that way as well. You would never play a game like, you know, Caverna and have a war game rule book and vice versa. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, it's, I couldn't see, I couldn't see having, like you said, like, um, like, uh, the whole like uh, like kind of almost like you know conversational tone in a, in a in a in a rule book that from something from GMT that was one of their one of their war games. It just it, I never, it, why is Thunder Alley got like six point five point three B? I mean, it's oh, a racing yeah. game. It's Come just on, a racing guys. game. 
Yeah, well, that's that's the designer. I mean, yeah, that's, I, know. I mean, and that's that's what it is. Why 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 does Down the Species in Urban Sprawl and like those are Chad Jensen games, you know? So yeah. it's like, and and that's what he writes, you know? It's so, and then also, I mean, like that'd be a really good question for you. Like, I mean, are there are there certain? I mean, first of all, my question is always like. Obviously, designers write the write the rules to begin with, but uh, they go through a polish and they go through. Uh, so the people that are actually designers here, because there's like a couple of them sitting here, um, you know, have you ever like written your rules and then they they go to the, your publisher for like polish and they come back and you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> you screwed this up, you know. And ask Sen about Tortuga rules. We've had that discussion before, actually. Last time I was on. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but I, I mean, like, if you really want to know, um, like, you guys know I write like a robot, so I write like a robot lawyer, so everything is technically precise. And then Rodney knows this because he actually did the the very first video I've ever watched of Rodney was about Belfort because it's right game, and that was also a fantastic game from Dave Smith. <laughs> Like, like, well, I don't they know like anymore. There's really no copies left, so who knows what's happening. Oh, no, hold on. I can tell you where the reprint status is on that one. <laughs> I'm not sure if Michael wants that aired right now. <laughs> but you heard it here first, folks. Belfort's getting a reprint. Oh, God. Don't start that, Tim. Uh, anyway, so, um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to merge this all in together because what I wanted to ask you guys about was graphic design in the layout of a rule book mm-hmm. and Josh Capel being one of the, one of the dons in that area in terms of, you know, his ability to lay out graphics and take a rule set and change it from my robotic lawyer language into readable rules. So Rodney, from your perspective, just cause you did the video of it, sure. what did you think of the rule book uh, for Belfort in terms of a rule book you could refer to, a rule book that you could teach from, et cetera, et cetera? Well, that was many moons ago, I uh, but I, I, my memory of it was that was very good. And part of that was, uh, see the whimsy of that rule book and his art and everything else actually helped facilitate it. I'm not a huge fan of putting a lot of fluff in your rule book. Like I, I know Vladish Vladislav's got you know, a little bit of reputation for the fun rule books to read. And they are fun to read. I love reading them through the first time. I hate reading them through the second time when I'm trying right. to find yeah. information. Uh, but, uh, and with, with Belfort, what I recall is it was more the graphical elements complemented uh, the presentation of the information. So it made, even though I'm reading all this, you know, rules are technical. I'm reading technical information. It feels like I'm having a fun romp through this, you know, fancy Euro world, basically, mm-hmm. right? And then even the components themselves help facilitate that with a bunch of little Easter eggs that don't get in the way of the actual information you need. So right. everything's kind of, I don't know, aesthetically pleasing, which is really right. important, I think, in the rule book. Yeah, and I think that's that's why, you know, we generally recommend Josh out to everybody. Yeah. If you want good rules done right, Josh is a good place to start, if not to end, right? So... Daryl, what's up? Well, yeah, I, I'm going to actually uh, throw a bit of a, a lob ball uh, to Lance, but I am curious. Every, every now and then, right? Well, no, I mean, uh, I am curious. What, what, Who do you see beyond, you know, we just plugged Josh, but is there certain companies that you are finding trends-wise do really good rule books, and or oh. are there anyone that you're willingly uh, give a shout-out for opportunities for improvement? So. Well, I mean... There's this, uh, oh, it has a dragon. 
um, as a logo. God, I can't remember. They make yeah, these really cool. Okay, maybe they really maybe. really good hoodies. Um, you know, they, I they've hired, hoodies. They've hired Josh hoodies. once or twice. Yeah, you know, those hoodies. Uh, we're actually looking into having those mass produced. Yay! I've asked so many so, times. They're very yeah. comfy. Yes. <laughs> I'm wearing uh, it, but I was like, I can't if Lance is on the show. Oh. <laughs> It would be too much TMG. Yeah, it would be too much TMG. No, uh, I mean, and and trust me, um, like you know, I'm not saying TMG is 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 without fault. We definitely uh, had our share of like you know confusing rule books as well. It, it, you just can't get past it. Um, it's one of those things where you know you. But they, I'm calling back to my old job. They said put another person's eyes on it, let them read it, and then while they're doing that. I, uh, my boss all said, "Read it to yourself backwards, because that's when you catch you. Because you're 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 training your eyes to read it in a different way, be, and then and then you notice punctuation errors. You mo- notice like repetitions of things. So, but um, you know, I, you know, the thing is, is that I mean, I've always, for whatever reason, um, and this is not a slight because they make amazing games, but I've I've always seemed to find problems with check games releases. Not like the party stuff, but I mean, some of their euros. It always seemed like I had to go back and reread the rules. Well, like I, you, it's one of those things where you read a paragraph and you said, "What the hell?" And you have to go back to the beginning and read it again, right. and then you actually read it out loud to everybody else's table. It's like, does this make any sense to you? And then we're like, ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, so I've, I, you know, that one stands out a little bit. Sure. Um, sure. You know, uh, Ben over at Floodgate Games, not to, you know, kiss the Sagrada butt here, but, I mean, he's always <laughs> written really, really good rule, rule books. I've never had a problem with the rule book that he's created. Well, and um, I got a plug. Right now, he just posted the rules to ask if anyone's got feedback on the rules. Please, uh, blind, blind read that. You know, we would really appreciate the help. Um, you know, uh, you know who's actually a really good, uh, like, and I don't know how much he does, but I mean, I know he does a fair amount. Um, uh, David McKenzie that, uh, he's, uh, over at, uh, uh, Daily Magic. Is that what they mean? Yeah. Daily Magic. I mean, he, he's a really good, uh, like, I don't know if he writes the rules, but I know he does the, the, the good scrub after the fact. And, uh, and he's pretty good too. I mean, yeah, so... Go ahead. There's more people doing that. There's more people doing this kind of after uh, freelance kind of work, rule book work. And like uh, Paul Grogan's a name that people are hearing more and more. Mm, because yes. He's been, he's been coming into rule books like Time Stories and uh, Robinson Crusoe. Hey, did you know that he, like, he's this really innovative guy. He's doing these videos that show you how to play the game. I've never heard of this before. <laughs> yeah, me either. Never heard of it. <laughs> That's right, though. He also does he has yeah. his gaming rules channel, and he does uh, really great instructional videos there as well. But he's he's definitely applying his technical expertise. He'll come to a game like Robinson Crusoe. That was one of the worst rule books I've ever encountered, the Z-Man edition. It made me cry because I so badly wanted to play that game, but I was not going to print out this 30-page FAQ that cropped up on BGG just to you know figure out how to play it. And he went through for the second edition and the back and forth between him and the portal team has been quite extensive, just trying to get everything fine tuned. And, and so there's no crisscross talk between terms and, and rules and mechanics. So having someone come through and make a big pass on it, Lance even mentioned, I think it was Lance or maybe it was Daryl, this, that the importance of the blind play test, I cannot emphasize this enough. Listen, if, before you put your, <laughs> send your rule book to print, Give someone who's never played your game your rule book. In five minutes, you'll find things that you've never seen because, like Lance, you were saying about reading the rule book backwards. When you know the rules, you fill in the blanks automatically. Someone else mm-hmm. isn't going to do that. Or they might, and they'll do it wrong, perhaps, and you'll see that, and you'll go, why are you coming up with that rule? Well, I just assumed. 
all yeah. an area where you might need to remove an assumption for someone. Funny, funny thing about rules. Now that I, I just realized this, and I wasn't even going to mention this, but one of like this isn't technically a board game, but um, Mythos Tales that came out recently from uh, mm-hmm. Eighth Summit. Um, it isn't. It's one of the best gaming experiences I've had all year long. I wouldn't call it a. It's it's more of a. Um, a Cthulhu uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes game. Uh, I can't think of the name. Like, what's what's Consulting Detective? Mm-hmm. It's more like a, and it's 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 fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But when they they they, they you know the basically like the when they produced it, uh, I mean I know all the story behind it. But the, when the rule book came out, um, it's one of those things where you know the the the, the publish the, the the printer sent this is our rule book. For whatever reason, it got okayed, and it shouldn't have gotten okayed. So there's like a page in there that that should be there, but it isn't there, and it's on the wrong spot. And so then they actually um, with and they're gonna fix it, but like with the with like the Kickstarter copies, or whatever, they, they they sent this little story that basically said that the person who was writing the rules because the game was Cthulhu went insane <laughs> and and uh, was seeing ghosts and goblins and and what have you. So they were they were hiding amongst uh, and other other entities. So then. Uh, uh, that's why um, the rule book uh, may not be completely 100% fine. But yeah, it was, which I liked. I, I love the fact that like they, they turned what could have been like a real negative and then they just played it off of on the theme. And, and you can obviously get the rules and, you know, learn everything as far as that goes. But I thought that was really cool that they like, you know, they didn't uh, let that sink them as far as that goes. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, a lot of, I think we're seeing that a little bit more, especially with the age of Kickstarter where they send them to print because they're in a rush and then there's a mistake and then they end up adding like a errata or like a FAQ or just something like that. And so it's great that that's actually happening, that they're at least trying to fix it because I know some publishers are just like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> you can but, find the PDF online. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't even mention it in the game itself. Just, you know, if people are on BGG, just be like, oh, by the way. Anyway, um, so we're, we, we've got to wrap up. It's been super fun. You guys... We could just let you guys talk for hours. You guys run the show on your own at this point. Um, but Rodney, we always ask this for everybody that comes on the show. Sure. Um, what is like one, and it doesn't have to pertain to rule books, um, but it can. What is one piece of advice that you would give to designers? Like your gym of advice. I guess, I guess I kind of, already stepped on it really because my biggest piece of advice would be to blind play test uh and i guess if i was going to give add something additionally to that i would say maybe don't don't get too precious about your own confidence in your game it may seem really obvious to you how it's supposed to work but listen to the feedback you're getting if you know if a few people are coming back and having the same issue um find a way to make that clearer in your rule book a lot of the times the designer isn't the final person who works on the rules, so it may be out of your hand anyway. But the more work you can do up front, the better off when you hand it off to the publisher, the less they can potentially screw up, hopefully. <laughs> right? So, so um, yeah, I would say, again, pl- blind play test. And if you can, be in the room and just be a quiet, a quiet observer, very creepily watching, and just listen. Take notes. <laughs> what, are, what are people doing wrong? What are they saying wrong? What are they concluding wrong? Oh, a giant portable one-way mirror that you could just put. <laughs> well, yeah, that's not obvious at all. If you, can't, if you can't restrain yourself as a silent person in a room just ask if they can record it just yeah. you know yes exactly yeah, audio yeah. recording on a phone put the phone in the center of the table it will pick up most of the stuff yeah rob davio uh, and leacock have both said that same thing they'll just get the play testers to record it and then they can watch it back later and boom you know it's yeah, yeah. Or, um, 
for Pandemic Legacy, uh, Matt spent a day watching video at like four times speed, like a little, like literally a day, like 24 hours, not straight, but it was like 24 hours of video that was at three or four times speed. So it was like really three or four days worth of video that he was watching. It was crazy. And it's such an important step because the, the fun of your game is, is the barrier, is that rule book. You, yeah. So if yeah. you can just reduce that, you're giving people the best chance of experiencing the game the way you intend and hopefully finding the fun that you're trying to have them find. Yeah. So. Without including one of us in every box. Lance, <laughs> what, what is your advice to designers around rule books? Um, I mean, I'd almost say have somebody else write it. Honestly, I mean, you know, uh, you know, and, and just and, and give up on your baby because of the fact that there's one thing I've learned is that uh, you if, if if the designer themselves writes the rule book, they, they almost always are the worst one at it because they are always going to make assumptions. I mean, it's just like our mind, is, as we've said, fills in the blanks. You have taken this baby, this idea that you've had, you know, from you know, three years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and you brought it along and there's so many different rewrites and versions and whatever, um, that as try as hard as you might to like, just say, I'm going to make sure I'm going to make sure you won't. I mean, you, you just won't. I mean, it's just like, uh, you just, because our, our brains aren't wired to, to do that. I mean, it would take such a ridiculous amount of like, um, manual control over the automatic stuff that your brain just you know wants to do for you. So you're going to mess up. You're going to forget things. You're going to do something. Uh, so get one of those people that comes in and gives the, gives the rules a really really good scrub and and rewrites them for you. And I think if the people did that, and I think most publishing companies now, I mean, like I'm not talking about like you know, this is my one Kickstarter game. I'm talking about companies that you know have multiple titles and they're developing them. And th I think they have people that work there that do that. And so, you know, maybe if you are somebody that is, you know, like starting off with your fledgling publishing company, you know, find that one friend that's willing to do it for a six pack and a pizza and, and just say, Hey, you know, you've played my game a couple of times, you know, just, can you read this and and fill in the blanks where you think the, the, the blanks are? And I think that would probably be the best thing to do. Great advice. Great advice there. Uh, well, our time is gone. I am thankful uh, on behalf of Sen, Tiff, and I uh, for uh, both Rodney and Lance for coming on our show. We uh, really appreciate hearing your advice. Um, we know that this has stirred up some great conversation and uh, I am confident people that are listening or watching this later, either on uh, if you're downloading from iTunes or if you're following up on our YouTube channel, uh, I hope you enjoy the show. If you have questions, please send them our way or feel free to reach out to Rodney and Lance. I, I'm confident they would love to interact with you on Twitter. Uh, and uh, we're going to continue the conversation in the after show, uh, send Tiffany and I a little bit. Uh, more about rule books and uh, specifically more on the on the designer side but we really appreciate getting the perspective from Lance and Rodney I want to give a plug for next week's show uh, we'll be giving a bit of a preview Essen episode uh, we uh, unfortunately won't have Tiffany with us because she'll be there uh, but we will have Suze uh, on uh, subbing in for Tiffany uh, I might jump in just to surprise and, you guys and if we can get you on. We'll also have Bruno Cathala on the show and Theo, Theo Revere uh, with Repos Games, and they're going to give us a little bit of preview of games they're excited about that are theirs releasing and what other games they um, 
are looking forward to and also maybe give some advice to anyone. Uh, if you're going to Essen or you're hoping to go to Essen someday, uh, you can hear from a couple experts, uh, great designers. And uh, yeah, so until then, just keep making great games and we look forward to playing your game soon. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Thanks for having me on.